Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. It's Friday, March 4, 2022. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. And please note that the Ion College Basketball Podcast is presented by Jersey Mike's, which is a proud sponsor of the Naismith Award. Jersey Mike's I'd like to offer congratulations to all of the athletes on this season's Naismith watch list. And we will update our Naismith watch list in just a little bit. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. And while you're here, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button too if you haven't already. We're trying to build this thing. We need you guys to help us do it. So please help us out with that. Subscribe if you haven't already. We thank you in advance. All right, Deadleg, you're in Durham, North Carolina for Mike Krzyzewski's final game. Inside Cameron Indoors this weekend. Going to be Saturday against North Carolina. I know you were at Coach K's press conference on Thursday. What did the winningest coach in Division I men's basketball history have to say in advance of his final game at Cameron? Oh, a couple things. One, if you are listening, yes, I don't have uh, my normal mic. We are going, we are going, you know, we're going modern here. I'm going onboard, Mike. Uh, Parrish forgot this a week ago. I had to make things equal. So now I don't uh, have the podcast. I might have been very busy packing and writing. Then I got, you know, halfway to the airport and thought, that's right. That's what I forgot. So if you're listening, we'll be back to normal on Sunday when I'm back in Connecticut. Two, bit, bit, uh, of, a bit of advice for you, bit of advice for you. If you turn a 16-minute read into a seven-minute read, you got time to pack, dead leg. You want to tell the audience what you lost again? I'm so I'm so I'm 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 both. You want to you want to tell them what happened again? You want to you want to give me advice on stuff that might have been forgotten? I'm both angry and embarrassed. I woke up this morning. I can't find my AirPods. I think I lost another pair yeah. last night. Exactly. That's what I thought. Num- number two, uh, got no acknowledgement from Mike Krzyzewski that this podcast broke the news that he would be retiring. Nothing. I'm a little offended, but I moved past it. So after that didn't get addressed at his final pre-North Carolina press conference, he did touch on a, a number of different things. You know, I asked him if he was, he had gotten, a, you know, reflective at, at a couple of points and so I had a question a few uh, a few questions later and I asked him if he was ready to like you know I know he's physically ready to retire he mentally made this decision a year ago but is he emotionally ready to let go of this thing and he immediately said yes I am I'm I'm ready I don't want the season to end now but when it ends he is good to go and to me the most notable thing that he said in the press conference is about 32 33 minutes um he said, I will have nothing to do with our basketball program when I retire, which I thought was relatively surprising. It's not like he's going to be gone or a ghost. He's going to still have his office, come to Duke, be around, help fundraise. He mentioned that, you know, there are there are facelifts and upgrades and things you can do to actually improve a lot of the um, 
things around Cameron Indoor Stadium, and he wants to, you know, pitch in and help do that. But his words, I mean, he said, when it comes to the Duke men's basketball program, it is John Shires. If he wants advice, I'll be here for him. But he is not going to be someone that's showing up to practice, helping devise uh, practice plans, game plans. He even actually, in the middle of me asking him a question, he started to go off on why he was ready to, um, you know, be done. And then he said, I don't even know if I'll come to the games. You know, where would I sit? And I said, Mike, I think they'll find a spot for you. Uh, but he said, I'm not going to hover. You know, everyone needs their space. And so I thought that to be uh, pretty interesting uh, in addition to other stuff he said. But just, you know, I'll just throw this right back to you. I mean, I found it a little surprising because there were all, he also, I think he addressed it because it word had gotten back to him that like some people believed, listen, Shashashi's going to retire, but maybe he'll still be around the program in a prominent way um, that can, you know, understandably act as a booster for Shire taking over at an, at a young age, the age that Krzyzewski once was when he took over. Were you surprised to hear him say what he said in that regard? Not necessarily because I always assumed he'd be around, but not involved, you know, like around, like visible, but not. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I never assumed he was going to retire and then help devise game plans or retire and then go to practice every day or even some days. Um, I, I assumed that you'd see, you know, we, you'd turn on a Duke uh, Georgia Tech game and he, you know, will be sitting somewhere inside Cameron Indoor, maybe not every game, but every once in a while, uh, because that's the way uh, Roy Williams is doing it this season. Like Roy's been Roy's been everywhere. Um, but like Roy's very visible. But, you know, I, I don't think he's in the locker room. Um, you know, given halftime speeches, he's just there. I, I think because he, he, you know, he loves basketball and he loves being around it and he cares deeply about that school and that program. So he's around, but not involved. John Wooden. Um, I remember when I first got this job and I would go to UCLA games sometimes like John Wooden would be there. You know, John Wooden would be, you know, they had a little, everybody knew where John Wooden sat. I remember one time it was announced before. Um, a game that I was attending at Pauley Pavilion that John Wood was not going to like that. That was the thing they would announce when he's not going to be there. Like coach Wooden is not going to be at the game tonight. And I pulled into the parking garage and like first spot, first floor is reserved for John Wooden, something like that. And I was like, if he's not going to be here, could I park here? I thought about it. And then I just kept driving. I figured it would, might cause yeah. some problems, but, but right John call. Wooden, John Wooden was around, but not involved. Roy Williams is around, but not involved. And I just always assume Mike would be around, but not involved. If John needs him, you know, to take a phone call, he'll obviously take it. But no, I wasn't surprised to hear him say like, I'm not going to be, you know, uh, in practices. I'm not going to be devising game plans. I'm not going to call John and say, um, hey, you know, what we used to do against Wake Forest is blah, 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 blah. I, I think, you know, he's 75 years old. He's going to retire and he's going to still live in the community and I'm assuming be visible, but that's that. That's what I, that's what I always, that was my, always my understanding. Yeah. To, to hear him speak at the presser, uh, it really feels like he's going to entirely remove himself from Duke men's basketball. So we'll see what that, like, you know, saying that now versus what it is eight, 10, 12 months from now, let alone two years from now, he'll still be around again, but um, it's, it's going to be a thing where he's, he's going to want to let John have the thing entirely. So that'll be, uh, that'll be intriguing. Um, he, Krzyzewski did, you know, bounce back and forth between different, uh, 
tones of voice, different approaches. You know, he was tongue in cheek. He was serious. He was reflective. He didn't get too emotional. And I think that's because he knows he's going to be emotional before this game. So there's, it's believed at this point, between 75 and 80 former players are going to show up. I'm actually interested to see what the actual number is by the time we get to the game. Heads up for the listeners. It's being obviously advertised as a 6 p.m. start. Uh, they are aiming for a 6.20 p.m. Eastern tip. There will be a pregame ceremony. Um, uh, the players, I'm told, are going – the former players are going to form – listen, I understand that a lot of people, like, they just hate Duke. I get it. So if this makes you throw up in your mouth what I'm about to tell you, I get it. But I'm just telling you what the plan is, all right, so you can be ahead of, prepared ahead of time. Players are going to – the former players are going to come out, and they're going to make, like, a huge – I guess, tunnel kind of thing. He's going to walk out and then all the players are going to be on the court and then his current players are going to be on the court and that's going to be like a, a ceremonial kind of thing. I don't think Krzyzewski is going to talk before the game because I think that's going to happen. He'll go back in and then it'll be the traditional, okay, now let's get ready to get the game going. But that's going to be insane. Um, all those former Duke players, Grant Hill, Christian Leitner, all on down the line. You know, there's like, I don't know, 12 to 15 that can't come because they're, they're playing. They can't, they can't even be there, but it's, uh, it's, it's wild. So yeah, 6.20 PM tip on Saturday is the target. He will talk after the game. Uh, and oh, by the way, Parrish, I feel like even though I know the, the final four national championship games, they're huge events, but, and, and, and they're mega events unto themselves, but this, this game feels as secondary to the, proceedings as anything I've ever covered. Yeah, like they're gonna it's Duke Carolina. They're gonna play a game. But it's almost like we gotta have the game so we can have the other thing. I don't know. I just I've never covered something like this. It feels a little bit weird in terms of the game is clearly the secondary item. From afar, do you feel as though that's the same thing as well? Yeah, I mean it's it's an event more than a game. I mean it, you know there's yeah. a lot of basketball games uh this weekend. Duke Carolina isn't even the best or I think among the best or most interesting, it's just a game. Yeah. And, but, but it's an event and that's the reason people are paying the incredible prices that they're paying to be in the building. Um, I've seen a lot of like snarky comments, like why would you pay $3,000 to watch somebody coach? Well, that's not why you're paying $3,000. You pay $3,000 so you can say I was there. I was there the last time coach K uh, coached inside Cameron Indoor. Um, you're, you, you know, it's, I remember when the Cubs won the World Series. I have friends who are Cubs fans, and you know, they went, they they paid wild amounts of money to go to, you know, yeah. the I guess it went to seven games to go to Game yeah. Seven yeah. in Cleveland, was it? Yeah, yeah, and and um, you know, it's like you could ask the same question: Why would you pay two thousand dollars to go to a baseball game? Well, you're not paying $2,000 to go to a baseball game. You you're paying $2,000 to say, I was there. I was there when the Cubs broke this streak. And that's what people are doing this weekend. They want to be in this small building um, to witness an event, to be able to subsequently say, I was there that night, Coach K, coached his last game in, in Cameron Indoor. And so um, I don't know if I've been to anything quite like this. Like I was, I was there. I went to... Lubbock, Texas, my only trip to Lubbock, Texas, um, when Bob Knight was supposed to break the all-time wins record. And I was only there for that. I don't remember who they were playing, 
it feels like UNLV, but I might be making that up. But I wasn't there for the game. Like, who cares? It was a game. Who cared? Between Texas Tech and somebody I don't even remember. But it was supposed to be an event. It was supposed to be history. So I was there. And they lost the stupid game. So then I had to make the the <laughs> the call. Oh, I was awful. I had to make the call. like Because it was, again, I could be making all this up. It feels like it was right before New Year's, this game. And it was like, okay, now are you going to stay for the next attempt to break the record? And if so, that means you got to spend New Year's Eve in Lubbock, Texas. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going home. And then there was like tornado, like bad weather. I could barely get home. Was, the whole thing was a nightmare. Um, but that that was similar in the sense that you're going to witness something and document it as opposed to going to a game that matters. Uh, so, you know, I, I given that it's an event, and you said earlier, like, you know, if you hate Duke – you you know this stuff might make you throw up in your mouth. Stop here for a second. Why why is that an expression? Throw up in your mouth. People would say that all the time. It, where else would you throw up? Well, you can leave your mouth. Like you, you sometimes you feel a little sick and maybe it's a little bit, but it doesn't quite get all the way out. That's why. So why is that an expression? I wonder. Because because people do it. What do you mean? I mean, why do why why is that the thing? Like. People never say, I know this will make, or they rarely say, they don't say as often, um, oh, I know this might make you throw up. The, the common thing is, oh, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Why because it was that? just a little bit. It's like, it's like, oh, it's maybe just enough, but it's not like, I don't want to outright publicly show how disgusted I am and vomit all over the floor. That's my guess. I, I got no answers expression. for you. I hate that expression. All right. I feel, like we, I feel like if we want to say something makes us sick, we should just say. Uh, if, if Duke up. makes you sick. Throw up, out of, throw up out of your mouth. Don't throw up in your mouth. If you're gonna, if you're gonna commit to being offended or so disgusted, please just take the full final step. Vomit everywhere on your shoes, the pavement, the carpet, whatever. Just fully commit. That's what I think. I think you should fully commit. Um, but like, whatever. I don't care about those people. I don't care about the people who are offended that Mike Shashevsky's having a final season before retirement. Or that he's being um, honored in certain um, uh, opposing arenas, or that he's going to have this incredible night tomorrow night with all these players coming back to, you know, show their appreciation. And um, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm not only am I fine with it, I like I actually enjoy it. I, I think all of this is awesome. The guy has had an incredible career, arguably the best ever in college basketball. Um, if you're bothered because he's being celebrated, then the, the, you know, whatever. I don't understand it. I don't need to understand it. I've got yeah. to point in my life. I, I don't mean, have to understand everything, but I don't understand. understand. I mean, it's not hard to understand, though. I mean, Duke's why people are bothered? Going back. Well, no, it's just Duke's been a, a lot of people love to hate Duke. Like it's it's actually helped college basketball's popularity from the times of Christian Leitner. And Bobby Hurley and, you know, how they became the most talked about and discussed program in the sport for 30 years. And a lot of that was ESPN's coverage. There's no doubt about it. But like there's there was as much fawning coverage of Duke as, as anything else. And so that, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. And you got a small private school like Duke that continued to win and win and win and win. And some people thought that Mike Krzyzewski and the way he did things might have been a bit haughty at times. Like, I'm not surprised why this is the case, but it's a good thing. If you want to hate Duke, go ahead. I don't care. It's it's It actually improves interest in the sport. I'm actually interested to see when we look three, five years from now, 
how Duke is regarded. Is it going to be, is, you know, is it going to be anything close to how people view it now? You know, I don't know. Like a lot of people will kind of watch with, you know, bits of disdain as they, as they tune into this. I'm not saying I, I agree with it or they, but that's good. That's the reality of the situation, Parrish. I mean, that's almost people to, exist. I'm only, you just don't, you don't understand how they get to that point. I got you. No, I no, Yeah. I know those people exist. I just think it's weird. Like the, the, the guy got into coaching um, not to get rich, not to get famous, because he got into coaching at a time where none of those things were um, yeah. reasonable things to aspire to. And he became the person most regarded as the greatest college basketball coach at all time, of all time. And at the age of 75, he's still operating at the tip top of the sport and is going to walk away. And this weekend, in his final home game ever, he will be honored. I don't know why that bothers somebody. Like if that bothers you, you're a weirdo, I think. But whatever. Yeah, no, no, that's 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 entirely fair. Um, a couple things about the about the game. One, I talked to uh, a few players on Thursday, uh, and the great conversations with you know Trevor Keels, Wendell Moore, Theo John, Joey Baker. Um, I asked them if they felt exceedingly anxious over this whole deal. Uh, or, you know, or felt pressure in this particular game because it's Duke Carolina and last home game. And all of them said not really at this point. Um, they're, they don't even quite know what to expect, which I think is the big picture takeaway. And even I have this, I wrote a column. It's going to publish uh, in a little bit here on Friday at cbsports.com. Just, you know, advancing the story, advancing what's going to happen Saturday. No one knows what to expect with this. There's going to be more emotional weight dropped over the crowd of, you know, 9,300 plus people in that building that expecting to see Duke play a certain way or Carolina to play a certain way, I think, I think is misguided. Now Duke will be a double digit favorite and we'll pick the game in the final four and one. And as a couple people have joked to me, but maybe not joking. They're like, if you think Mike Krzyzewski got a friendly whistle on Cameron before, like, Wait until Saturday. Kind of like Duke's never going to get a better whistle ever than Mike Krzyzewski's home game. Now it's it's said in jest, but you get the point, Parrish. Um, I don't know what I don't know what to expect from these players. I I think Duke will win with some level of comfort, but I think it might be tight early. I don't know, or maybe Duke's guys they just come out of a cannon. They killed Carolina the last time. I'll be interested to see with all of that. Krzyzewski also said, you know, and. It, understandably why he said this he said listen i don't i know this is kind of about me but i'm gonna read you the direct quote he said i don't want them to feel there's so much about me you know the moment is about us he continued and so i want them to understand it's our moment and it just happens to be in this situation and for them not to play because it's coach's last game we should play because we want to win and there is something to that i mean you know mike krzyzewski has compiled uh you know game plans, practice plans for Duke for 42 years. And the one he's doing right now for Carolina is the same one and same way he did it uh, for, you know, their, their previous home game and the previous game against Pitt and the previous game against Syracuse. So he'll stick to his routine, but man, like he's going to look out and see all of these guys dating back to his first year at Duke to the most recent graduates or players that departed who are able to return for this and it will be justifiably emotional. Like this, it's going to be, it's really going to be something, man. And this is, you know, one of the points I make in the column is Mike Krzyzewski is the most important sports entity in Duke history. And right behind him at number two is Cameron Indoor Stadium. 
those two forces combined over the past four decades to to basically redefine how great of a television product college basketball can be. Because, you know, Cameron Indoor was always like, it was a fine, you know, venue, but it was not what it is now with the crazies until Mike Krzyzewski got there. And some of this was obviously ESPN coming into its own college basketball in the 1980s. I get all that. But the idea of true competitive advantage with home court, which means more in college basketball, there's actually been studies done. College basketball's home court advantage is better than college football's home field advantage, the NFL home field advantage, hockey home ice advantage, college basketball. It means more. And so the point the column makes is that Shashevsky and Cameron, this is, you know, the last time these forces will, will join, you know, this is going to be, this will be the send off. Yes. For the home crowd, uh, but also for this building. And so I think that will be uh that will be pretty tough. He also said, he, uh, he said, you know, how did, how did we, how did this happen? You know, how, how are we finally here? He made this decision privately to privately to retire GP. Um, I think a year ago, if not longer, but he said, this is your last game at Cameron. Like it's crazy. How did that happen? How is it here? And I get it. And it, and, and it is here. And I'm, uh, I'm excited just to, to watch, take it all in. Cause it's going to be, whew, man, I hope we get a good game by the way. And we'll talk more about the game, I guess on the pick, but, uh, but yeah, that's the scene from Durham. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. long as we're discussing things that I hate... I hate it. Is that housekeeping? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> do you have to, do, do you have the do not disturb sign on your door? <laughs> Dead legs having to deal with the house cleaning. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Get some towels. While they're there, get some towels. You know, you can never have enough towels. <sighs> you should always at least get towels. True story. When they True. knock on your door, you Yesterday. should at least get towels. I didn't get towels. Yesterday, I check in. Doors right over there. Then like the bathrooms right there. There's no door in the bathroom. Uh, you don't. You don't have a door in your bathroom. No, it's like an open area. There's like you know like the. There's no door in the bathroom in the hotel room. And it's what right next. Staying, what if you're staying with somebody and they had to do a two? That's a, there's no door. I go. I got a single bed, so there's no door. In what no world door. do you not have a door on your bathroom? That's outrageous. It's you know it's a bigger bathroom, so it's like an enclave situation. You've been in hotels like this. It's a good hotel. Yeah, I guess so. But there's a, there's a, there's there's always a door. You can shut. There's no door. Through. I'm telling you, there's no door. That's so outrageous. Yesterday, I fly in, 
you know, I'm the kind of person where I think it's normal, but there are people who, if I fly, I have to shower. As soon as I get the hotel, I got to, I got to shower the plane off of me. So I shower and I walk out of the bathroom without a door, the exact moment <laughs> housekeeping <laughs> opens the door. Cause they didn't real. cause I got here early. I, I did a mobile check-in. I got into my room before noon. They didn't, I don't know what happened. They like, see oh, your ding -a -ling? how are we doing here? How are we doing? Did they see, did, did they see your ding-a-ling? No, no, I was, I was towel though, but it was a okay. moment. Well, they're probably experts. First off, there should be a door to separate the toilet from the There's rest no of There's no door. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I, I've been going to say something been, else you hate. I've By been the way, is sweet. this not the second straight time? Did the same thing happen when I went to Gonzaga? Can't Didn't, speak to that. I think it did. I can't keep track of your life. I can't even keep track of AirPods. I've been in hotel rooms where they're like, you know, there's suites and, and the bedroom bleeds into the bathroom and you can see the shower from the bedroom. Those are fun. But, okay. but you should be able to shut yourself in the toilet if you want to. Not an option. That's outrageous. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not an option. That doesn't make any sense. I hate, I hate that. Let's add that to the list of things I hate. Here's what I have. This is the point I was trying to make before we were so rudely interrupted by housekeeping. Yes, it's happened to me yesterday. I was doing radio in my hotel room in New York, and uh, I've got the Do Not Disturb sign on the door, and they knock on the door twice. Mr. Parrish, do you need anything? No. I put the sign on the door to indicate to you I need nothing except signs on the door. Silence. Sir. This, I need this, silence. This, 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 if we're not going to obey the sign, what are we even doing here? What I could, what is the sign for? It's it's. Be, it's I guess a, it's become a personal affront or challenge. I don't get it. The sign's on the door. It says "Do not disturb." That means don't knock. Like if I ever saw a "Do not." My office at my radio uh, studio, I don't have a key to it. So I and, the, and uh, housekeeping kept coming through the cleaning crew, and they kept locking it. So I put a big sign. It's like a gigantic sign on the door. It says, please do not lock this door ever. And they still, once every two weeks, we'll lock it. It says, don't lock the door. Stop. It says, do not disturb. Leave me alone. <sighs> Here's what I hate. You mentioned Coach K said, you know, this isn't about me. Yes, it is about you. <laughs> Why do people always say that? Like Tom Brady going back to uh, Gillette Stadium. Well, this isn't about me. It's about the Patriots and the Buccaneers. No, it's about you. Why, when things are clearly about a specific person, do they act like it's not? Or say, or they, I don't even think they believe it. They just say it out loud. Like, you know, this, this isn't about me. Yes, it is about you. The only reason Deadleg is going to have to, at some point, use the bathroom without shutting a door is because this is Coach K's final game in Cameron Indoor. No other reason. You were there only because of him. Yeah. That's true. Why do people say that all the time? If you're ever looking for Gary Parrish to say, this isn't about me, you've come to the wrong podcast. That's all I I'll tell you when things are about me and when they're not. <laughs> but I won't lie to you about it and pretend if something's clearly about me that it's not about me. I don't understand. I got you. I got you. Before we move on to uh, our Jersey Mike's, I did want your quick thoughts because uh, you did not chip in, which – which was, a, you know, which I actually appreciate for this very exercise here. So we did the 42 top players to play at Duke. 
25 minute read, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm, no chance. Get in there. Get, no. get in there. All Zero right. percent chance. All right. But you looked at the list, obviously. No. What? You didn't look at the list? No, I don't care about things like that. List. Those things don't right, interest good. me. Then we can trivia. Okay, then we can we can we can both. First of all, we're going to do a trivia time right now. You didn't look. Although at I did, get a, I did. My, I saw my. Tw- you might have seen my tweet, which is going to give away the trivia time. I think. How I'm many even, players I'm has even, Coach Tate coached it to? I tweeted the number. Uh, I know you tweeted the number. I saw the number. I did see it, but I don't remember it. Okay. So nine seven nine nine seventy five is something like that. Am I making that up? Nine hundred and seventy five. I don't know. If you asked for a number, I threw one out. Are you disputing that that's a number? Just tell me I got it wrong. The number is 208. Yeah. I rounded it, it up. Now, that sounds crazy low. But you think about, you know, from 1980 to Corey Maggette, guys were staying four years. No one was transferring out. So the turnover was like two, three guys a year. So it actually makes sense. But my initial guess, because I thought when I went to look, find the number, my guess was like 440 Samsonite. I was way off. Okay, so we made Kyle 975 Boone. from, I wonder. 975. You got Coach K finishing up his 113th season at Duke this weekend. Yeah, I just I wanted to round up to the nearest 975. Sometimes when I'm trying to deal with numbers, I round up to the nearest 975. All right. So Kyle Boone, David Cobb, and myself got together, ranked players. Cross reference with the great Chip Patterson. Subscribe to the Cover Three podcast. Ran it by one Adi Joseph, our managing editor, who absolutely always has opinions on this. And I also checked in with a number of former Duke assistant coaches just to uh, to be sure. So this is not the most important players to the history of Duke's program kind of deal. This is the best players, the best talents as they were in college. NBA career did not have any kind of impact on our voting whatsoever. This is. You get this guy as a college player. Who's the best? Who do you want? The proverbial playground. Your team, my team, your captain, my captain. You pick first. Now I pick second. Then you pick, then I pick. With that in mind, you did not look at this list. I promise you. (laughs) It never even occurred to me. It's okay. I think I've read the top 25 and one maybe three times this season. So we're all good. With that being said, try and guess the top 10 in order. I'll tell you what it should be. Number one should be Zion Williamson. It's Christian Leitner. Well, it should be Zion Williamson. He was the best player. Uh, Christian Leitner was a better college player than Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson was was great. And I did. There was never a season where Christian Leitner was better than Zion Williamson. There was never a season where Christian Leitner was better than Zion Williamson. Our, our top four is where it gets truly debatable as who you are taking first if this is a pickup game and you have every Duke player under Coach K ever to choose from. If Zion is your number one, it's more than reasonable. Maybe for you, it's mandatory. So, yes, there is a case for Zion. I will also remind you this was a Democratic vote. Zion came in fourth. Christian Leitner came That's in ridiculous. first. Who else what is in the top? What a silly list. You, you guys did a silly list. I should poll attack your list. There was never a season where Christian Leighton. You was are a- welcome to make your own list of the 42 best players under Coach K. Get it done. Let's go. I- I'm going to do a list of one. It'll be Zion Williamson. There was never a year where Christian Leitner in that whatever year was better than Zion Williamson was in that one year. Okay. 
Well, that's what you just, that's the way you described the list. Like, we're going to, like, who's the best? We're, we're playing a pickup game. Yeah. Who's the best? Who's the most awesome? Zion yep. Williamson. That's easy. That's fine. Okay. There you go. What else do you need me to get? No one, by the way, consulted with consulted with maybe close to 10 people. I'm not saying you're wrong. No one said Zion should be one. It was either Christian Leitner or the other person. Who's number two? I you can argue, and I think accurately, that Christian Leitner is the is like the had the best Duke career um that's ever existed. I'm fine with that. But right. who was the best? Like who who's the best? Like we're we're playing pickup. Who do you want? I want I want healthy, in shape. One and done, Zion Williamson. Um, and then Christian Leitner can come in there somewhere. Um, I did get a text from somebody asking me about this list. And I was like, I got nothing to do with this list. Did you guys really put Trey Jones over Tyus Jones? Yeah, Trey Jones was a better college player than Tyus Jones. I'd rather have Trey Jones than Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones got really good at the end and won a championship, but career accomplishments were not taken into account here. At least I didn't. Yeah. Trey Jones, Trey Jones was one of the best defenders in the country. And because he didn't have a 2020 NCAA tournament where he could have been even more awesome, that affected, uh, I think how he was, how he was regarded, but yeah, they're both on the list. Trey Jones was better than Tyus. I was asked if you guys got the brothers mixed up. No, I would have rather had Trey than Tyus. Trey was a better two-way player. It's inarguable. Trey Jones had like the second best assist to turnover ratio in the sport too. Better. Sorry. Take a try. Can you guess the number two player already? Johnny Dawkins. Oh my gosh. Dawkins is six. The number two player. Yeah. Probably should be RJ Barrett. R.J. Barrett is 11. I know it's not Jalen Johnson. Not. <laughs> I wonder if he's coming back. He's not on the list. Door. Don't think so. He's also not on the list. J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick is five. Jay Williams? Three. That's all the Duke players I know. I don't know anymore. Grant Hill. Grant Hill. You take Zion Williamson over Grant Hill. I take Zion Williamson over everybody. I think we've established that. I can't. Grant Hill was awesome. All right. So it goes Leitner, Hill, Jay Williams, Zion, JJ, Johnny Dawkins, Danny Ferry. Trivia time. Danny Ferry holds a single game record for most points scored in a game by a Duke player. How many points do you think it was? 44. 58. What? <laughs> That's outrageous. Maybe it's Danny Ferry. <laughs> Maybe Danny Ferry should be number one. 58. Exactly. Elton Brand is eight, Shane Battier is nine, Bobby Hurley's ten. RJ Barrett, Marvin Bagley, Julio Okafor, Sheldon Williams, and Jabari Parker round out the top 15. 58. Can we get to our Naismith player watch list? Let's do it. I got a you top three. Z- you're gonna have Zion number one? Should be. If he were playing right now, he would be. I think I think you've forgotten how awesome Zion Williams one is as a college basketball player. All right, I got a top three. You got a top three. I think it's I the Naismith Player of the Year watch list presented by Jersey Mike's. Have you done something where my my audio is feeding back? I haven't done anything. But what is this? You think this is funny? 
I can't even I see can't that. Even see that. You're gonna have to read it to, to me. Read. You can't. It said Norlander, Sydney Sweeney. How are you? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't have this number is not in my phone. I'm not joking. I just got this four minutes ago. She got engaged this week. Norlander, it's Sydney Sweeney. How are you? And I don't have any text history with this person. Maybe it's Sydney Sweeney. I'm, She's I'm probably upset you. about your Duke list. Okay. She would remember Grant Hill. Let's let's do our Jersey Mike's Naismith top three. Sydney Sweeney has no idea who Grant Hill is. I would bet you five hundred dollars. Yeah, I bet you a set of AirPods. She has no idea who who Grant Hill is. Okay, well that, that's a worthless bet to you, literally, because you don't care about your AirPods. God, I wish I had them. The area What's code is Toronto. The area code is Toronto, by the way. Maybe Sydney Sweeney's in Toronto and she's upset about your Duke list. Yeah, maybe. All right, give me your top three. Okay. After what, we, after what we saw this, this week. This entire podcast has grown contentious. The person who sent it to me has uh, has identified themselves. I won't give it up. It's not Sydney Sweeney. Um, all right. My top three. Oscar Sheboy. Johnny Davis. Ochai Abaji. I think that's my top three. But it feels like. We're getting to an Oscar Johnny, everyone else playing for third kind of situation. I don't have Johnny Davis in my top three right now. I mean, in I my top two right now. I do I have him in my top three. How that is justifiable. You're I, off your rocker today. You don't have Johnny Davis in your top three. I have him in my top three. I don't have him in my top two. That's okay. why I, I push back on the idea that it's strictly Oscar Johnny. Everybody, it's clearly Oscar Sheboy number one right now. 16.9 points, 15.3 rebounds um, for a Kentucky team that I got ranked six in the top 25 and one. He's uh, number one defensive rebounding percentage, number two offensive rebounding percentage. <clears throat> Saw this from uh, the Athletics' Kyle Tucker yesterday that uh, Oscar Sheboy is on track to be the first Division One player since 1980 to average more than 16 points and more than 15 rebounds in a season. And if he does it, he probably will. He'll be the first major conference player to do it since trivia time. If Oscar Shibway yeah, averages more than 16 points and 15 rebounds per game this season, he'll be the first major conference player to do that since who? More than. So 16.1 and 15.1 qualifies. I'm going to say Bill Walton. You son of a bitch. It's Bill Walton. Let's go. <laughs> go, baby. Let's go. It was outrageous. Come on. Now. Come on. Come Bill on. Walton, UCLA 1973. Look at you, dead leg. Master of trivia time. Yeah. I got Oscar Sheboy number one. I got Keegan Murray number two now. He's in my list. I have Murray. I put Keegan fifth. I have Kofi fourth. Iowa got a good win on Thursday. He's there. He's been awesome. I he There's a very good case for him. Yes. 23.3 points, 8.5 rebounds a game, shooting 38.5% from three. Got 23 and seven Thursday night in a double-digit win over Michigan. 
Iowa is now eight and one in its past nine games, up to 14th at Ken Palm. And then number three, yeah, I got Johnny Davis averaging 20.3 points, 8.3 rebounds for a team that I got ranked seventh now in the top 25 and one Wisconsin on a five game winning streak. Badgers are going to be outright Big Ten champions as long as they beat Nebraska at home this weekend. So I've got Oscar Sheway, Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis. You've got Oscar Sheway, Johnny Davis, Ochai Abaji. Before we get to the final four and one, let me ask you a question. Are you go-to game day foods feeling uninspired? Next time, skip the usual suspects and order Jersey Mike's. At Jersey Mike's, they make every sub to order with premium fresh sliced meat and cheesesteaks are cooked on a flat top grill. Download their app for delivery curbside or in-store pickup Jersey Mike. It's a proud sponsor of the Naismith Award and a proud maker of a sub above. Final four and one. Uh, before oh, that. I, I, took, I took the lead last week, I think. You did. Before we get the records, first, how about a word from one of our sponsors? There is a divergence in time. Welcome to the road not taken. Earth. 2024, a single change is vastly more dangerous than you realize. None of our tomorrows are guaranteed. You must bring us home. You have one final frontier yet to come. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good looking out, Deadleg. I got you. No Pearl Jam this time, but still. Paramount Plus. Get on it. By the way, I've been told we're going to be giving out Paramount Plus subscriptions as, you know, giveaways on the pod. I don't know how that's happening. Trivia time for the for the whole fam, but that's coming this month. So be on the lookout there. Not to update us on the records. I feel like I took the lead last week. I can't say for sure, but I feel like I took the lead last week. I can't tell you that you took the lead, but you finished over 500 for the first time in about a month. That's good. You got, you're at 33 and 39. You, you gained a game. You, you basically copied Norlander's answers for it last hey. week, and that's how you got the three and two, which <laughs> smart idea. Norlander's at 40 and 27. I feel like this is your one of those last times where you can make that final push, GP, to, to get to respectability. Trying to get to respectability. Story of my life. Trying Listen, to climb back to respectability. We're going to, I assume, because this is how this, these things are going, 
will probably pick every single NCAA tournament game against the spread. You're going to have your chance to catch me. So that's going to bake into the final four and one. It'll be the final 67 and one, 68 or 66 and one, or 67 games, 68 teams. So keep that in mind as well. Hey, good, good news for you. I didn't bring the roadcaster, the pod board. I got no music. <laughs> I got no music. You're good to go. You're free, no really. music. Yeah. No door. No. What a nightmare situation you found yourself in. Should I go? Should I take this? Should I take my laptop into the into the bathroom and start podcasting from there? I don't think you understand how weird it is not to have a door on your toilet. I I, I hear you, but it's just me in here. So like, what do I care? I I understand you shouldn't care, but that's something that. That's inappropriate. Do you want me to go make a complaint on your behalf with the front desk later today? Just give me the number. I'll talk to them. Okay. Sounds good. Game one, Saturday, noon Eastern. Number 14, Arkansas at number 13, Tennessee. Inside Ramar Smith Arena. Ken Palm has it. Tennessee minus seven. You can watch it on CBS. It's America's most watched network. It is the network of stars. Tennessee has one loss in five weeks. Arkansas has one loss in eight weeks. Don't you feel like you probably don't? I get the sense Arkansas is due for a dud. I don't know if it'll be here in the SEC tournament. I feel like they're going to have a dud. I'm going to say it's here. I'll take Tennessee to win, win comfortably, get even more intrigue going into the SEC tournament because right now Kentucky figures to – Kentucky's the team that I trust most, but you'll have a situation with Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Auburn, all capable of winning that league tournament. But yeah, I'll, I'll take the Vols in this spot to win and win big. They're also, you know, they're playing at home and they're undefeated in that building this season. They're a different, they're a different team in Thompson Bowling. So yeah, I'll go with Rick Martin's team. Yeah, Tennessee 15-0 at home this season. Arkansas 14-1 in its past 15 games. Lone loss in that stretch. A one-point loss at Alabama. Both these teams are trending in the right direction. As Selection Sunday draws near, I just think the number's too big. First, I don't think that number will be that big. I do not think when it posts, it'll be Tennessee minus seven. But for our purposes, it's Tennessee minus seven. So I'll take Arkansas plus the seven if I don't choke to death first. Game two, Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Indiana at number eight, Purdue. Inside Jerry Palm Arena, Kim Palm has it Purdue minus 10. You can watch it on ESPN. Dude, the Hoosiers are a mess. Dude, they got internet problems. <laughs> oh, they got Wi-Fi problems. <laughs> okay. Ron Harper Jr., Crash the internet. Dude, what a shot that was, though. Oh, man. What a shot that was for Rutgers. Indiana is 18. <laughs> I might have to cut. They got Wi-Fi problems. That might have to go on the board. Um, 18 and 11 out of the field right now. They got to be out of the field. Indiana cannot be in this tournament right now, right? No, no they're out of the field. They're out of the field. They, 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 they got to be the out. Yeah, they're out of the field right now, and now they're a double-digit underdog on the road at Jerry Palm Arena against the in-state rival. Tough situation for the internet. Tough situation. Good luck trying to get some 5G. 
Oh, man. Hope you ain't trying to make a reservation at St. Elmo this weekend. You're going to have to call. Can't make it online. Internet's out. I'm going to go Purdue to cover this line. Now, Purdue hasn't been exactly the most reliable team either, but Indiana feels fractured to a point where, like, they they need another. If they beat Purdue, they're getting in. That's on the road. They're I would borderline lock them. It's going to be such a valuable win. Purdue's lost two in a row. They were both on the road. Michigan State over the weekend, obviously, by three. And then they played a, a tight one and a good one on Tuesday, but they lost to Wisconsin. I think Purdue will get back in shape here. It should. It should. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Purdue to win and to cover. Ten feels a little big considering how how mm, Purdue's been, but, yeah, give me uh, give me Painter's team to uh, to make a to make a big statement there. And if and if that does indeed happen, yeah, the Hoosiers are going to need to win, in my opinion, at least two Big Ten tournament games to even keep themselves in the conversation to get in. I'm taking Indiana plus the ten. That way, if they actually win, I can tell the when the when the internet comes back on, Indiana fans start tweeting. I can just say, "What are you talking about? I picked you to win the game. I picked you. Why are you tweeting me? I picked you." Mm. Bad internet problems right now, though. Hope you don't have to check your checking account online today. Ron Harper Jr. crashed it. He really did, man. What a shot that was. That was a a shot, shot, dude. He's get Rutgers in the tournament, dude. I got to see that team again in the dance. Yeah. Love Rutgers. Game three, Saturday. 6 p.m. Eastern, North Carolina at number four, Duke, inside Zion Williamson Indoor Stadium. Kim Palm has a Duke minus 12. You can watch it on ESPN. Have we talked about this game? I feel like we Zion Williamson Indoor Stadium. I was hoping you were going for, like, someone – Super, give me Eric Meek indoor stadium. I wanted someone super obscure there. Uh, okay. What's your expectation for how this game plays out? I'm going to blow them out. You think it, in all seriousness, if you're a Duke player, you cannot lose this game for Coach You can't lose this game. Can't. Remember, they won the first meeting by 20, and they were, and they could have won it by 30. It was it, it was a just disaster. Now, you know, the rivalry does have a penchant to give us the dramatic. And I would argue there's nothing greater for this rivalry than for Carolina to walk into Cameron on Saturday and win this game, clinch a tournament bid in the process, and send Mike Krzyzewski off with a big old L as he's walking out of Cameron. That, by, that would by far be the most hilarious thing. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I mean... Uh, cause he's talking, I'm, I'm told like after the game ends, he's talking, he's addressing the crowd, the whole deal there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to envision that happening, but it would be phenomenal for the rivalry if North Carolina did that. It just would be, that would, it would be the funniest thing ever. Yeah. In fact, go ahead, put me down North Carolina plus the 12. That's that, that because that's the funniest thing that could happen. <laughs> North Carolina goes to win to Cameron this weekend. Wouldn't that be hilarious? It'd be something, man. It really would. I will. It's hard to see 
It's hard to see that happening, but it's not like Carolina is atrocious. It's not. Carolina is a good team. It's not a great team. They're playing better. They're They're playing playing better. better. They are capable of winning this game. There's no pressure on Carolina. There's none. It is it is a house money of all house money situations. So they they'll walk in there. They should walk now. Yeah, they need to get another win to be feel really good about the tournament chances. So if they don't get it here, then the pressure's kind of on in Brooklyn. So there's that a little bit. But come on, it's it's all K. It's all Cameron Duke players there. A whole deal. Carolina play loose. I'd be I'd be fascinated to be a fly on a wall in, in UNC's practice the past couple of days. See how that uh, that approach is going there. They you know. I'd like a good game, but if you tell me Duke wins by 30, I'm not going to be stunned. I do. Here's my prediction, though. I think that I think we'll get a little bit of nerviness in the early part of this game, GP. And it's within I'll say it's within like six at halftime. And then the second half, Duke goes Duke. They win with some comfort. You said the line is 12. I'll take Duke to cover. I'll take Duke to cover, but maybe I might be trying to reverse jinx this because selfishly, I'd like to have a pretty good game to watch there uh, at Cameron Indoor. This is my first, no, it's my second uh, Carolina Duke game at Cameron Indoor. Um, looking forward to it. So we will split on that. I will I will say Duke will cover. Um, I'll say Duke covers and Paulo Bancaro has like an awesome, awesome game. That's my, that's my pick here. Another weird expression. I'd like to be a fly on the wall. Nobody would ever actually like to be a fly on a wall, would they? If you have the ability to morph back into a human, I'd live as a fly for a couple minutes. If you were a fly on the wall, weird expression, Mm -hmm. because it's always like uh, I'd like to be a fly on the wall so that I can hear something or see something um, that I otherwise wouldn't be allowed to hear or see. But do flies even understand what we're talking about? Like if you were a fly... I don't think flies understand English. Did you ever watch that movie? What movie? Come on, man. You've never seen The Fly? I feel like I know it exists. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Jeff Goldblum, 1980s? I'm familiar with Jeff Goldblum. You ever? That's a good song. You know the song by The Flies? Big in like, what, 1999 or whatever? Got You Where I Want You? I'm going to need you to sing it. Got you. Okay, what is it? Got you where I want you. The flies. <laughs> I don't know. You, I don't know. You don't know? I think, good good alt-rock song. I think I was busy in 1999. I must have missed it. <laughs> I must have missed it. I was busy in 1999. You Christian Leitner's career. You missed, the whole, you missed a lot of stuff. So. North Carolina, 6-1 and one in his past seven games. That one is a killer, though. That's what. That's the reason they're out. First four out right now, according to Jerry Palm. By the way, the first four out right now, according to Jerry Palm, Wake Forest, North Carolina, Oregon, and Rutgers. And if North Carolina would have just beaten Pitt at home, they'd be on the right side of the bubble right now. As it is, they're on the wrong side, and they're headed to Cameron Indoor. But I'm going to take them plus the 12. Just because <laughs> that's the ultimate, like, rivalry thing to yes. carry Forever. Forever. Hey, remember that time we came in the Cameron Indoor <laughs> and ruined Coach K's final game? That's like the ultimate rivalry thing you do. Dude, what, if Carolina, wins this, what if Carolina wins by 15? <laughs> I mean, what if they blow them out and Mike Krzyzewski gets kicked out of the game? That's what we, that, that's, that would be the best. 
K gets kicked out of the game. Yeah, really style. Style. <laughs> no. yeah. What would it actually take? What would it actually take for Mike Krzyzewski to be ejected from the game? Has he ever even been tossed from a game? I don't think so. I don't think Mike Krzyzewski's ever gotten the hook. He'd have to piss on a referee. <laughs> like actually urinate on an official. And even then they'd just warn him probably. <laughs> What if he urinated on an official tomorrow? Wouldn't that be something? Uh, why are you conjuring these images in my mind? Why am I why am I thinking about that happening? Everybody right now. Everybody right now, stop what you're doing. Close your eyes and picture Mike Jezeski pissing on an official. Dude, they better still let me in this building. Like they better not revoke my credential for this podcast. <laughs> I'm not the one saying this. I'm singing alt rock hits from 1999. I'm not doing that. It would be the funniest thing, though. <sighs> Game four. Number 14, Houston. At Memphis inside Rashid Wallace Forum. Kim Palm has it. Houston minus four. You can watch it on CBS, America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. Now I can see Kelvin Sampson pissing on a ref. <laughs> Kelvin, I've known Kelvin forever, and he's awesome. He's awesome. Like we have a good relationship. One time I'm doing halftime on a Memphis Houston game, he yelled at me. <laughs> I mean, in the <laughs> halftime, I'm doing sideline. He yelled at me in the, in the halftime interview live on CBS Sports Network. He was like, uh, <laughs> "Why?" <laughs> Because like there was a, a non-call at the end of the half, something like that, and he was yelling at the ref, and I was having problems getting him for this halftime interview. Like, they're up. You're supposed to get the coach that's ahead, and he was fired up at this ref, man. I mean, he was yelling, and, you know, he's wild. And, but now I got to get him. And um, so naturally, like, one of the questions, you know, you get maybe two, but perhaps just one question um, – especially given we've just wasted you know 30 seconds with me trying to get him because he's angry this ref so my question was like uh <laughs> um kelvin obviously you're upset um with the official what happened at the end of the half that bothered you and he goes won't you ask him <laughs> and i was like okay i will i guess i will but i'm not supposed to do a halftime interview with the official and then mike chesky oh came out and pissed on the ref and it just went wild from there. Houston's 26 and four. Coach most likely to urinate on a referee. Who would it be? Let's not Who go there. Got? 26 and four. Memphis is 18 and nine. Tigers in the field in the eyes of some. I think Palm's got him in. Does he not? Of course he does. Tigers Man. are rolling. Hey, breaking news. Didn't know if you heard. The bubble is weak this year. Never happened before. The bubble's weak this year. The bubble's always weak. I, know. I, I don't. I never understand when people. I. I, I don't joke. understand why. I don't understand how you couldn't have a door on your bathroom. That makes no sense. What also doesn't make sense is when uh, power conference coaches complain about not getting an NCAA tournament. If you're in a power conference, you don't get an NCAA tournament. You're just not good. We put average teams in the tournament. We never leave good teams out. Never. Good teams do not get left out of the NCAA tournament. Average teams get put in. Bubble's mm. always weak. 
good conference teams don't get left out. The occasional good mid-major might get screwed. But, yes, I agree with you. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if you're in a power conference and you don't get in, that's your own fault. You're just not that good. You have not had a good season. I agree. Um, Reminder, Memphis is going for – Okay, go ahead. Real quick on Houston. Um, Won the outright AAC title Thursday night, blew out Temple. So they're now 26-4 and overall, 15-2 and in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, They're now outright champs two of the past four seasons, and they've won at least a share of the AAC in three of the past four seasons. And the only season they didn't was last season when they finished – with three more AAC wins than anybody else in the league, but still finished second behind Wichita State because of an unbalanced um, and goofy COVID schedule. So the only season in the past four seasons that Houston hasn't won at least a share of its league title was a season in which they finished with three more league wins than anybody else and went to the Final Four. Now, here's some context for you. Um. Before Kelvin Sampson won his first AAC title in 2019, Houston had gone 26 straight seasons without winning a conference championship. And now they're the best team in their conference every year. Before Kelvin took over at Houston, Houston finished outside of the top 130 at Ken Palm in four consecutive seasons. Now the Cougars are on track to finish in the top 20 for the fifth consecutive season and perhaps inside the top 10 for the second straight season. That's incredible stuff. Yeah. He's completely resurrected the program. And I think that even gets understated, even though we've consistently given Samson the credit he's been deserved on this podcast, even beyond before they made the final four run a year ago. It's awesome. Yeah. The Houston was a, was a dead program essentially for two decades at least. And then what he's done there has been incredible and they're going to be going to the big 12 in a couple of years. And it's set up to continue to thrive. Even if the records won't be as gaudy year over year, I think going forward as they have been in the American Memphis has one loss since January 20th. They have turned their season around. We'll give Penny Hardaway plenty of credit right here, right now, because this podcast was as critical of the Tigers, as dismissive of the Tigers as 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 any, I would say. Um, and you know, the the league isn't that good. I understand that, but still, the way Memphis looked for most of the first sixty percent of the season didn't indicate that even in a in a subpar American that it would be able to have a situation where it's peeling off nine out of ten games, and that's what the Tigers have done here. Uh, A sweep of Houston, I think, would lock the Tigers. In fact, it should probably lock the Tigers. If they are to lose and Houston wins, I would highly advise Memphis to win at least one game in its conference tournament. But we'll kind of wait and see there. Again, a lot of people think they're in the field. Um, I would say they're Dayton territory right now. Give me Houston to win this game and cover in this spot. Uh, So Houston's giving four on the road. I'm just going to trust. I'm going to trust Kelvin Sampson in this spot, particularly because they lost the first one. Not that Memphis can't or won't do it, but they lost the first one. I like Houston to come back big and make a make a big statement. By the way, Houston picked up a quad one win. It's first quadrant one win of the season. They got it this week. Do you see how they got it? I did not. It's Oklahoma State wins at Iowa State, moves to fiftieth in the net. So now Houston's one quadrant one win is a neutral court win over Oklahoma State in December because a neutral court win over a top 50 team 
qualifies as a quadrant one win. So Houston's one quadrant one win is uh, they got it only because Oklahoma State won at Iowa State earlier this week. Um, like you said, Memphis won the first meeting by 10 last month in Houston. Um, the lone loss in this lengthy, you know, for the most part, good stretch is a, a, a lopsided loss at SMU. That game just got away from them. SMU also on the bubble. Uh, Memphis right now, first four, uh, last four in, according to Jerry Palm. So he does have them. Um, I believe he has them in the first four. When I checked last night, he did. So, yeah, this is a big-time opportunity for the Tigers. If they win it, I think they're probably locked in the field. If they lose it, you're right. They got work to do. I'll take Memphis plus the four. I mean, you know, you'd never – you know, Houston's awesome. Uh, Kelvin's awesome where he's got that program. But I think you could reasonably argue that Memphis has the better roster and maybe Memphis has been playing better, you know, for a three-week span. Combine that with home court advantage. FedEx form should be nearly sold out uh, for this one. I'll take Memphis plus the four. Um, you know, they are 14 and five on the season when DeAndre Williams plays and just three and four um, when he doesn't. So they have been a good team all year for the most part when DeAndre Williams is healthy and he's healthy right now. I'll take Memphis plus the four. Cool. If Memphis wins, obviously that's going to be almost as big as any win any team on the bubble could get this weekend. Quick tour around the weekend before you give I, we give you our uh, N1 fifth game. Kentucky-Florida, two Eastern CBS on Saturday. If Florida can win at home, that you could argue that might be the biggest win anyone could get this weekend for their at-large purposes from a power conference. Also, uh, if Virginia Tech wins at Clemson, that's a two Eastern Saturday game. Maybe we take a quick analysis of that resume for the Hokies. If the Hokies can win at Clemson, two Eastern Saturday. 2.30 on Fox, Seton Hall plays Creighton. Seton Hall is obviously going to make the field easily. Uh, perhaps it's a lock situation if Creighton wins. Creighton's probably going to get in regardless, I think. But you win at home against Seton Hall. I think you're locked there. Texas-Kansas is a four-eastern game that will lead into Duke and Carolina on ESPN. Texas-Kansas. Um, Kansas obviously going for an outright Big 12 title and uh, trying to get the win there after holding on and getting a good win on Thursday against TCU Revenge. It was well under 29 and a half points, by the way. Good on good on the Frogs to uh, keep it nice and competitive and close there Thursday night. Two more on Saturday to know before we pick the Saturday game. Boise State, Colorado State, 830 CBS Sports Network. If you have not primed up for the Mountain West Conference Tournament, uh, this is a regular season game, but do try and check out Broncos and Rams because those are two awesome teams. Both good enough to win games in the NCAA tournament. Really, really good. They're locks. And then USC plays at UCLA at 10 Eastern on ESPN. USC has a paper tiger kind of feel given their gaudy record, and they don't have a lot of great numbers to support um, what the record might suggest they are. We'll see if you see it. USC can go on the road and beat UCLA. As I mentioned a few podcasts ago, Andy Enfield is undefeated against against uh, against Mick Cronin and UCLA. So uh, keep that in mind there. UCLA is going to finally try and get over the hump against Enfield Sunday two games to know Michigan Ohio State is 1230 and then Iowa at Illinois Sunday at 730 are the two two big ones to know and we also do have auto bids coming this weekend uh three of them OVC Saturday night OVC is always the first one first tournament to get finalized so Saturday night ESPN2 I think that's 730 and then Sun uh Sunday Big South noon ESPN Big South title, title game and then the Missouri Valley as always America's Most Watched Network two o'clock Eastern on Sunday the Missouri Valley Championship will play out for the auto bid. So we have those three auto bids going, and we have 10 total conference tournaments getting in action. And I do 
adore this weekend and this time of the year, obviously with the tournament, but conference tournament, the urgency. Uh, one of the great things I love about the sport is that, yeah, it's a 68 team tournament, but you expanded out to the conference tournament and it's, you know, it's almost every team in the sport has a chance to win a national championship by the way it's structured, even though, you know, it never happens with the tiny, tiny schools. You get what I'm saying? You went through your bracket, you get to get into the big bracket. I love that about college basketball. So that gets really going in a major way this week. And then obviously this weekend and into next week, last game, Saturday, noon Eastern CBS on Stromile Swift court. Ooh. We're going to go with Alabama at LSU. Bayou Bengals, a five-point favorite. LSU minus five in this one, GP. LSU has been, I don't know, as erratic, unreliable as any power conference team not named West Virginia in the past month plus. Who are you taking here? Well, speaking of erratic, Alabama? I know. LSU is even worse, but they're both. I mean, this is this is, this is is chaos game right here. That's why, that's why I picked it. You, you left it on the table. I got to go with this because – who the hell knows? Uh, either team could win by 25. Right. Uh, so if we're going to, and I agree with you, who the hell knows, if we're going to put it under that umbrella, I'll just take the points, right? Give me Alabama plus five. I'm with you. I, I mean, uh, LSU just got, I don't know. L, LSU is coming off of a one point loss at Arkansas, which it looked good, but it just, it just, it blew it. And it's lost to Kentucky, South Carolina recently. It's just been, it's been completely up and down. It's got, you know, defensively, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a weird team, man. It's, it's a good defensive team that doesn't get defensive boards. It's, it's, it's an odd fingerprint. I will go with the tide here. Both teams are going to get in. I would advise you right now, if you're, if you've just come aboard the podcast, you know, in the past couple of of weeks or if this is the first one you've listened to this season well you picked a hell of an episode <laughs> i hope i hope, I I hope to god it. this isn't i hope to god this isn't somebody's first it does that's the thing though it literally is like this our number Aww. show like this is this episode someone is listening to this right now and it's the first time they've ever listened to this show this is oh the that's first awful i hope what an not. introduction yeah I, don't, I didn't like this episode sometimes i like them sometimes i don't i didn't like this one I like basically everyone. This was this was this this is quite the episode. I didn't enjoy this one. Just been down in the dumps a little bit. Another pair of AirPods? Are you serious with this? Okay, all right. AirPods. I got interrupted by housekeeping. It's, it's been a good one. You've we, we've really kind of tried to hit all the bases in this one. If you liked what you got here, you ain't seen nothing yet. But they're normally not this chaotic. And again, normally my voice sounds normal on a mic. Didn't pack it when I came down here. Uh, so it goes. All right, I will go with Bama in this spot to cover as well. Crimson Tide, I just think they're the better team, even though they're totally capable of getting housed in this one. We'll both roll with the Tide. So what you got going on the rest of the day? That's a good question. Uh, I got to finish. Uh, the Coach K column is pretty much done, but I want to read through it. I got to file that. And then I think I'm going to – I got I didn't look yet. I'm going to go – I think I'm going to dip into a record store. I like when I go to College Town, like to go and – you know, go to a go to good little music shop. I got to go buy a pair of AirPods. <laughs> I do. I, Cause I got to do this HQ hit on, on Saturday, a couple of HQ hits. So I think I legitimately need to go buy some AirPods. So I'm going to go do that. We we're both in the same spot, buddy. Both Life is hard, man. Life is a challenging. Life is challenging. So yeah, I'll do that. I wish then... that like, does anybody have a, a, a an actual plan on how to keep up with AirPods? What is I just, the trick? Be a, be a responsible human being. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, how do you? What is the trick? 
How do people is, is there anybody who's ever kept a pair of AirPods for more than a year? And if while traveling, and if so, how did you do it? And don't say by not drinking, because that's not that's not a solution. That's not a solution. We got a live like chat. It says right here. Now, Alan Daniel in chat says, find my iPhone helps. I will say this. When I went skiing, I went skiing earlier this year. I was on the lift with this bra, like 22 years old. And he's, uh, he had lost. I don't know why you, well, I know why you do it. Cause they're easy. They go in the ears, whatever. But this dude went skiing with his AirPods. Okay. One of them fell out. His phone was searching. And as we're on the lift going up, he goes, I know it's in this area because my find my AirPods, whatever device thing, it's telling me it's somewhere here. White AirPods when you're skiing. That's a never getting them back situation. But he was like, I'm going to find him. I'm going to find him with this. I've I've actually never owned AirPods. I've done different ear earbud situations. So I don't know exactly how that find my AirPod, find my iPhone situation works. But that's some real-time advice from the listeners there. So well, they, well yeah. I, I, I know where they're at. They got to be in my Uber that I took from the airport home. But I already contacted Uber and they're like, driver didn't find them because you're never getting those back. It's not like it's your phone. Yeah, like somebody picks up your AirPods. They just got some new AirPods. That's the way that story goes. It's a tough. It's a tough deal. I feel like if there were a way to glue my AirPods case to my backpack, that way every time I take them out of my ear, I have to put them in the case, and the case is always connected to my backpack. Because I know what happens. I take them out of my ears. I put them in my case. I lay. I set the case down right beside me, and then I just get up and leave, and they're gone forever. Yeah, this is a functioning. By the way, this is a functioning business model. This is this is what they want to happen, so that they can be lost easily. So you buy more. You're keeping them in business. You are. What a trick they got! I need something to connect it to my actual backpack. It's almost case. like if there were wires attached to them, they might not get lost as easily, right? Seems you like know what? I here's the, here's the thing with wires, because those are obvious. Like that's just it's, at this point, it's way smarter. Just. Use wired headphones because if you lose them, and trust me, I used to lose them all the time too. But if you lose them, it's 15 bucks as opposed to 280 or whatever you're doing. The problem is with mask on planes, wires become they're just in the way. Every you gotta take the you gotta take them off every time you take your mask off, put your mask back on. Life is challenging, is the point. Melanie says there are covers for the case with a clip so you can attach to your bag. There's answers. I've got to get that. We love our listeners. Very helpful. My man's on his ninth pair of AirPods in a year and a half. It's a disaster over here. They're like, I'm not even joking. I bought these two weeks ago. I mean, two weeks ago. It's outrageous. You're going to be able to send your kids through college? I don't even know anymore. You know? Let's get out of here. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Eric Dortch, 6'6 legend. Average 7.7 points, 3.5 rebounds for Baylor. 1992-93 season. Shouts to Larnell. 
Thank you guys once again for listening to the Allen College Basketball Podcast. In the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. So stupid. What a dumb pandemic this has been. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. At Apple, please leave a nice review. Type some nice words. There's more of us than there are of them. Don't ever forget that. There's more of us than there are of them. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do that. Stop making me bad. Smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. And we're going to talk to you again on Sunday night. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.